Boz. Welcome to the Land of Boz with Jeff Bosley. Good morning. Welcome to the Land of Boz. I am Jeff Bosley, and this is my co-host, Scott Segrin. Hey! That was probably a little loud, but... Uh, no, it's I'm fine. Here. Thank God for editing. What's up, everyone? Oh, know, right? It is uh, Wednesday, March 20th, and y'all know what that is. Hump day! Yeah! Hump day. Um, I guarantee no such activity <laughs> that will give that day justice. Uh, so, it's been about... I did a show Friday, Scott... Last time, well, you looked at the notes. When was the last time <clears throat> we did a show? February. Uh, February 17th. February 17th. So we are just over 30 days. So we're, I'm getting better. <laughs> getting better, getting better. They usually are like months apart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just sad. All right. So it is Wednesday hump day. Good morning, everyone. Or good evening if you're actually catching this when I upload it. Um, I guess a quick, what I want to do right off the bat is a huge shout out to a handful of people that really deserve a lot of credit right now uh, for everything they've done for me in this show. And ironically, in a way, Scott and I, so quick shout out. Shout, shout, let it all out. These are the shears that we shear about. That makes sense until the last half. But anyway, huge shout out to America Supply Co. Um, if you follow me on any platform, you saw me post a picture today with the Bosley for Reacher t-shirt prototype is printed. There are now two in existence. The owner of the company has one, and I have one in the mail, and they will soon be for sale on their site. And... Uh, I guess unofficially for Scott and I, the proceeds of those profits that come to me will go to Scott and I's film and to my Bosley for Reacher project that I've never really told you about, but I've been hinting at. So huge thanks to everybody that pretty much already wants to buy those. And on top of that, another quick shout out to anybody who's gone to the Patreon page. You'll see everything from like an Amazon list, which is where I'll put some gear for our filmmaking stuff, or some people just straight up through Venmo or um, uh, PayPal have just donated to the cause. And I guess my unofficial verbal promise is those funds don't go to like, you know, a bottle of whiskey or, you know, some sort of absurd toy. They go towards filmmaking expenditures and costs. So everybody who's donated or contributed through that has I hate using the word literally because people use it now so much. It's Valley Girl annoying. But those funds literally go to Scott and I's film Deserted, Scott's film, and I'm I'm just kind of along for the ride, or the Bob Reacher thing. So a little pimping out of our project, Deserted. Um, so a huge thank you to those. So that's that. How are you, Scott? Enough of the enough of the prelude. <clears throat> prelude. Oh, oh, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm hanging in there. You know, it's a uh... Another day in the life. You know how the days in the yeah. life go. We'll tell everybody, uh, if you don't mind, about your uh, your uh, your fun situation with your tifers. Oh, uh, you got yeah. wrecked last week. Oh man, uh, <laughs> it's uh, I'm at the beginning of week three on recovery now. I got my wisdom teeth out a couple of weeks like ago. All right, four. Oh yeah. Well, that's the fun part. And you're not. It wasn't just four. Oh shh. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, as it turns out, which anybody who's had a 
wisdom teeth probably know or have read uh most times they take them out because they start growing in and when they start growing in they crowd your other teeth and they cause problems what i wasn't aware of was i have a bad for a while i've had a bad tooth on the back right and okay. you know unfortunately i am poor so yeah, i yeah. can't get to the dentist very often yep. as much as i'd like to don't got insurance again i'm poor so uh as it turns out though that tooth that was a problem was mostly a problem because my wisdom tooth was growing in completely sideways pushing it forward oh. into my other teeth Ow. so it made it very difficult to get back there and actually fully clean the little bastard and uh ergo problems i had to get uh six teeth all told removed from Ooh. my face i'm not making this up this is the first time i'm hearing the number i just assumed four yeah well there was the all four wisdom teeth they all had to go and then there's two teeth both on the right side because of that those teeth that were coming in sideways that also had to go because they'd already cracked up the side and uh the damage was just too bad. So, Dang. welcome to starving filmmakers' lives. <laughs> Woo! You so know like, when they say feel... that we're starving artists, it's yeah. uh... <laughs> not too far from the truth. So, do you feel better, like, or does it still like hurt from the surgery? I mean, it still hurts from the surgery, but overall, I feel better. The weird thing is adjusting to, and again, people who have had their wisdom teeth out might identify with this. It feels like. It kind of feels like you have something in your mouth a little bit yeah. when you talk. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, the little little pits, as it were, uh -huh. kind of. It feels like you're collecting air, so you, you sometimes feel like you got mush mouth when you talk. Yep. I had, I got my wisdom teeth out in high school, and it was I was lucky. It was in and out. Um, they just popped out, and all was good. You know, that was oh. when you're under your parents' dental plan at the time. <laughs> Ironically, when you discharge from the military, yeah one of the things you do not get is help dental care is not part of your, the dent, the uh, military retirement. So you can get everything else, but not dental. So, all right, well, Scott, I'm glad you're not dead. <laughs> Me too. I mean, overall, I feel much better and uh, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad I got it taken care of. Yeah. Uh, well, God, I didn't realize you had six. I can't even think straight now after that six wisdom teeth. Ironically, I went to the dentist today it's a it's a dental day dental day wednesday um, hey <laughs> hump day is dental day <laughs> <laughs> we uh, i uh, i went to the dentist today and i put this on my instagram stories um my dentist is where i used to live um scott knows the backstory to this anybody who's followed me enough will hear the resentment and jadedness in my tone but i won't give away any details but i used to live in a different part of the city nowhere near where i live now but now my dentist is still arguably there. a nicer part of the city you know what though yes and no yes because it is no because now it's tainted and jaded the minute i got in santa monica and venice and started smelling pot and ocean smells i was and because I, I rode my harley so i instantly smelled it I was angry. <laughs> I was like, oh, I hate Lincoln oh, Avenue. Man. I hate Venice Boulevard. I hate you, pot smoker on the side of the street. I hate you, hippie in sandals on the sand looking happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I put it up on my stories. I'm already, I like instantly, the west side is automatically associated with, like, eh, I don't like this part of town. Boo hoo. 
it is pretty trafficy. It's pretty hard to get through there. Oh, yeah, and that's why I actually took the Harleys because it was even though I live on the other side of the city, it was trafficly savvier to do so. But hey, man, I get you. I go into Brentwood every day. Oh, yeah, God help us, this city. So yeah, I had my teeth cleaned, and as I don't know about you, Scott, I admittedly. I have one filling, um, and that was from a deployment because stuff went right wrong. Um, but I have never flossed unless there's something stuck in my teeth. You and, bastard. And every time I, I don't know. And every time I go in, they're like, oh, your teeth look great. You've been flossing? I'm like, sure have, which is a lie. And I know like that's a statistic anomaly to not floss and never get a cavity. So oh, there's a lot of us people that will hate you. Oh, I know. And I'm sorry for that. Um, and I lied to her yet again today. She's like, oh, you've been flossing? Yes, I have. So Dr. Hooper. Totally. On the nine, the one in a billion chance you're listening to this, I apologize for that confession. <laughs> so uh, we will move on. Um, I'm still getting faster at this, y'all. I apologize. Um, journal, journal, journal. What's it? What's it? Oh, Mother of Pete. This is where, uh, fail. Hmm, what is the name there? Nope, that's not it. Uh, just a minute, please. It's the hold music. Hold music. Found it. <laughs> okay, so that is, uh, our Wednesday hump day, and we're going to move on to the rest of the show. All right, and this is a segment of the show uh, Scott and I didn't do last time. It's a little bit, um, I I kind of self-deprecatingly call hippie chat, but it's a little bit of journal, and I'm going to include Scott in this today. So today is a little bit of uh, Jeff's journal. All right, since it's been a while, I'll refresh everybody. Um, I am not really good at this journaling crap. And by journaling, I'm not talking... Did you watch Doogie Howser, Scott? Oh, yeah. Of course. So at the end of Doogie Howser, he'd do his little, like, very poetic diary thing on his little, you know, MS-DOS word processor. Um, it's not that. Um, I liken it to anybody that's been a scuba diver is there's this, this mantra is you plan your dive and you dive your plan. And I try to liken that to this journal. I'm a doctor... Uh, not like a head doctor, but just a friend of mine that's a doctor said, you should try to journal your day or set goals. And I'm like, oh, fine. So what I do basically is I, I every day sit down and think I, I write what I'm grateful for, something I'm going to assert to do, um, and an action I'm going to take. Um, and that is, I do that every morning to set myself up for success. So I confess what those are, and uh, Scott can contribute if you'd like to on the fly. For today's journal, I am grateful for a doctor I met in uh, North or North Carolina, New York. Doctor Lyon has been going to bat for me with a lot of stuff at the VA and a bunch of other stuff. So I'm thankful for her. Uh, I assert, I this is this is alto, ultimate hippie Scott, and um, I know you're probably gonna be like, is Jeff okay? Um, a <laughs> friend of mine from college posted a video on Instagram stories. Um, we were best friends all during college, and she went on to marry and have kids and all that, and she rarely is on social media, but she had a very positive video about recovering your joy. And that oh. phrasing was 
it caught me off guard. I was like, wow, I've never heard anybody say, we all need to work a little harder at recovering our joy. I was like, holy hell, that's hmm. really accurate. And just the sheer joy of laughing at like, when Scott, I'm sure Scott will get it, when you're on set and just laughing without the that moment on set when you're laughing and you're not thinking about bills or dental or your dental uh bill you're gonna have to pay from all that you know like that just that sheer joy so today i asserted uh i will recover my joy and today's action was i'm gonna work on my to-do list i did not get to that because i was at the dentist in santa monica hating the city all day but i'll put you on the spot <laughs> that's a good one to have it is i'll put you on the spot scott what are you, what, what okay. do you express some gratitude today? What's one thing you're grateful for? Uh, let's see. One thing I am grateful for. Um, I gotta say, uh, I'm pretty grateful just in general for, uh, my job, even the days where it's really difficult, cool. stressful. Yeah. Well, in this like, day, uh, being grateful for employment is probably like very appreciated. Well, it's it's more than just like you know the financial aspect of it. I'm grateful for my job just because I feel like, especially in my job, teaching, you're always learning something. Yeah, you're always learning something new, and sometimes it it uh, it's nice to like figure something new out or, or kind of re realize something new or have a different perspective that you didn't already have just in helping somebody else. There you go. All right, I like it. Okay, and um, I know it's like the end of the day, but I guess you could think about it tomorrow. Um, some sort of assertion, like what would, like here's where I changed it. Maybe this will help for your edification. A lot of like hippie stuff says I affirm daily affirmations, and that to me seems so weak and non-committal. Um, so I changed it to assertions. That seems definitive. So tomorrow, what yeah. do you what do you assert? What's your assertion for tomorrow? Well, uh, I can give one for today and for tomorrow because like the day's not over for Touché. me. But uh, I assert no, to it's different than an action. finish. It's different than action. What? It's different than action, though. Uh, that's so, true. for example, my assertion today was I'll recover my joy. It's not tangible. Mm, action is yes. the tangible thing, which it sounds like you're about to say. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. All right. <laughs> Scott's on the spot, and I apologize, buddy. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, I guess I. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I'll Think have about to, it. I'll, have to, I'll come back to it. I'll come back to it. <laughs> You're like, pass. God damn it, Archer! That was the first one I could find quickly. <laughs> hey, it worked for me. Um, okay, so I you could already go with action. What's your action for today or tomorrow or both? Right. Uh, action for today, I uh, intend I'm gonna I'm gonna finish the first draft of a new script I'm writing. Nice, and that'll be the one we're circling back to during Nerd Talk, right? Yes, indeed. Yes, nice. See how that all connects. Uh... The mighty universe. All right, so that was a little bit of journal, Jeff's journal. Um, for those of you who know me, Scott particularly is one of my longest, timest, closest friendsest. <laughs> and uh, that's not exactly something in my wheelhouse to do, but that by saying that, uh, it, it's very appropriate to say, if I can do it, you can do it. There's a lot more people in touch with their feelings and their like spiritual side, and I'm not one of them. But it is honestly something 
I hate saying this, but to my ex's credit, every time we went to bed at night, she would say, we would actually say to each other five good things that happened today. And it was a very regimented thing, but it was also nice because in this world of jaded existence to stop and go, holy crap, I have a roof over my head or I'm lucky to have a vehicle, you know, stuff like that. So yeah. to that individual's credit, that's kind of where this is also part of is it forces me to like realize, like Scott said, he was grateful for his job today, you know, and it forces me to be thankful for, you know, a physician. So it forces us to stop because I'm just as bad, if not worse than a lot of people about getting jaded and angry and blah, boohoo, poor me, first world problems. So if you're ever curious, again, it's just gratitude, something you assert more like the intangible and an action is the tangible something you're going to do. So apply it to your life. And, uh, if it works better for you, just give me 10% of your profits. <laughs> now, hey, hey, that's, that's a good way to go. Also, I think I have my assertion. Oh yeah. Let's hear it. I assert to not let stay with me, not okay. let the small frustrations go like get, get to me. I like it. Yes. Now I'm going to, I'm going to see the yours and out hippie you <laughs> one thing somebody, and I forget where this comes from is by saying like, I will not do something you've already like, let's say I will not swear. Let's just use that one. You've, Oh God, how's it going? Stop me if you know what I'm talking about. I think it, <clears throat> there, a lot of people read The Secret, and this isn't quoting The Secret, but a lot of people, it stems from some people that are more like spiritual about like hearing positivity and negativity. And by saying oh, yeah. like... Positive reinforcement. Yeah, by saying a not statement, it doesn't, it kind of creates a setup for doing that not statement. So like, instead of saying, I will not swear, you'll say, I will, you should say, I will use positive words. Like by... Because you've by saying okay. I will not swear you've and I don't know how to undo what you said, but that's something I struggle with is by saying like I will not be angry today, and by saying that sentence, I've already introduced the word angry into my like mental vocabulary. So the better answer would be is like today I'm going to work on being happy, versus I will not be angry. You say the positive spin. I got you. I got you. Hippie talk. I need a cool. I need a sound effect for that. <laughs> Good Lord. Ugh. We'll move on. <laughs> this is getting painful. Like, I feel like I got to go like light a patchouli uh, stick and, and smoke. I don't, I don't smoke weed, but okay. We're going to wrap that up. Today. That's okay. I'll <laughs> do it for you. Thanks buddy. Today's Jeff's journal. Thanks everyone. All right. And now that we've just completely turned your brain into hippie mush, uh, we're going to do a little bit of today in history and, uh, Scott being a teacher, I do this now because I feel accountable because there's actually a teacher that listens to the show that takes what I say and takes it to her class. So I feel a lot of pressure. But on that note, here is Today in History. Extra, extra, read all about it. Life story of Playboy Penny. Extra, extra. And now with that set up, this is a very history-dense day. So I'm just going to hammer through a couple of these because these are not these are not fun. Today, March 20th, again, I've mentioned we're recording this on the 19th, but I'm expecting everybody to listen to it Wednesday the 20th. But today, March 20th, 1995, the Tokyo subway attacks. So do you remember Ooh. those? Oh. It was like 95. I was in high school still, and that means you were in junior high or grade school. 
grade school. I was in grade school actually, and we I remember uh, them talking to us about it during class. Yeah, and this is I mean '95. This is before Boston the Boston bombing. I mean, this is back before it was cool to do this crap. So. Where there's a will, there's a way for these a-holes. Um, March 20th, 1907, Typhoid Mary. For those of you not in the military, um, I heard about this a lot in the military, but I'll just hammer this out real quick because a lot of people don't know what this is. Mary Mallon is apprehended in New York. She is known as Typhoid Mary. Mallon was the first recorded U.S. case of a healthy carrier of typhoid. She is suspected of directly infecting 51 people, three of, three of whom died with typhoid while working as a cook. That's so creepy. Yep. She herself remained healthy. So this is she's like um, outbreak. She's like uh, patient zero monkey. Yeah, she's patient zero. Uh, yeah. Outbreaks of typhoid follow her wherever she worked. I didn't actually know all this. She was put in quarantine for three years. That sucks. But released when she promised to not work as a cook. <laughs> However, after release, she resumed working as a cook, uh, causing several more typhoid outbreaks. She was then put Mary, in quarantine. Mary, come on. Holy sh... She was then put in quarantine for the rest of her life. Dude. Wow. Yeah. That's a human rights interest. Interesting. Because uh, it's not like, because you hear about those people that put like infected needles in like movie theater seats. Yep. She wasn't out like with a vengeance, it doesn't sound like. She was just living her life. Interesting. No, just, living, just living her life. But they, uh, they quarantined her. That's interesting. Typhoid Mary. Speaking of women, March 20th, 1899, Martha M. Place is the first woman executed in the electric chair. Oh, I was hoping they'd tell the state. It doesn't say where. I was I was so thinking that was going to go positive. But, uh... <laughs> it's not at all. I was expecting also Man, was, all right. we were going to blame Texas, but it's not Texas either. Uh, it doesn't say. So maybe it was Texas. Mm. Um. <gasps> So Martha M. Place is executed for the murder of her stepdaughter. Martha, the woman who was executed, had thrown acid in her in the face and of her stepdaughter and asphyxiated her. I, Whoa! I'm not acid all, in the face. Yeah, I'm not all about eye That's for an eye. That's some two-faced stuff. Yeah, I'm not all about eye for an eye, but uh, this seems that this crime fits the uh, punishment here. Oh man! Uh, Scott and I being super. Have you seen Captain Marvel yet? I have. You have. Oh, yeah? You shut your mouth. I'm going to see it Friday. <laughs> <laughs> but being comic nerds, this is highly appropriate for Scott and I. Today, March 20th, 1897, the first comic book called Ooh. The Yellow Kid by Richard Felton Outcult is released. It's based on the comic strip character The Yellow Kid. Horrible. All right. Yeah. That's cool. Okay, now it's just some real history. Uh, today, March 20th, 1852, Uncle Tom's Cabin. Uh, do they still teach history in school? I know that's a really dumb question. They do teach history in school. Um, it sounds like there's a but coming. It's not a but. It's just like, uh, I don't know. I feel like the textbooks used to cover... Everything, more... both sides. Or... And yeah. they cover less now. That's what I was kind of, I, I did this on the show Friday. I, I It hit me when I was talking on history about, I'm very curious about the current state of history classes in like, yeah. just in like grade school. 
Uh, I'm not going to read all these, but today, Uncle Tom's Cabin is something I remember from my history. Um, Harriet Beecher Stowe's novel is published in book form. It became the first American novel to sell one million copies. It had previously been published uh, as a serial in Washington, D.C., a Washington, D.C. anti-slavery newspaper. The gist of it is it's a very anti-slavery publication. Skip. Cool. Skip. Oh, the Iraq War. Uh, March 20th, the U.S. bombing begins on... Uh, bombing Iraq after announcement at the beginning of the Iraq War the previous day. So for those of you around in 2003, the Iraq War kicked off. And depending on who you talk to, might still be going. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> A little bit of trivia, and this isn't like I'm brought, dropping classified uh, knowledge here. I remember when I was in the Middle East. Um, let me paint you the picture, and I'll let you take away from it what you will. I'm in uh, our ready room is what you could basically call it. It's just a room where we're putting on our gear, loading, you know, bullets in our magazines, checking our stuff. And we have TVs everywhere uh, because despite it's each bias, we still can at least get some concepts of what's going on in the world. So we'd have a, we'd have a big flat screen with Fox news. We'd have a flat screen with CNN just so we could kind of see the world uh, temperature, if you will. And I remember explicitly, I have my magazine in my left hand. I'm putting rounds of 5.56 ammo from my right hand into this magazine. I look up, and who was the president at the time? Obama? Is it Obama? I think it was Obama. Uh, It had to have been Obama. Uh, It says on the screen, the headline while he's talking, it's on mute because we have like our heavy metal playing, but the, uh, the little splash lower third thing that says... Um, all combat troops have been removed from the Middle East. And I'm like, I look down at my ammo. I look up at the screen, look down at my ammo. I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is combat troops. Oh, well. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm still here, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like, maybe we didn't get the memo. So yeah, a little bit of history there with a little bit of uh, personal experience. Uh, moving on. Today, March 20th, 1969, John Lennon marries Yoko Ono. And for oh, some, wow. yeah, for some people's opinions, thus begins the destruction of what's left of the Beatles. <laughs> Are you a Beatles? Arguably. Fan? Are you a Beatles fan? Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I think, like I think, I'm not a diehard. Like, yeah, fanatic. it's uh, you know, you you enjoy the Beatles, but I don't actively listen to them. Same, yeah. Like, I only like a couple of their like heavier songs. Like, what's that one song? Come together. That, that, yeah, it's like yeah. the least Beatles song. Beatles song. Um, the hits, the hits, the yeah. the the, the now, classics. Isn't, that, isn't Yoko getting involved? Didn't she become like their manager, and that's like where she started tearing the band apart or something? You know, I don't honestly know enough about. Yeah, I've only picked it up from. Like, I, uh... I think her coming in like she became like a like a, a bug in John Lennon's ear, and slowly said, "Hey, you should do this. You should do this." Thus. Slowly, I think it had to be that because I feel like uh, since there was already so much animosity, there's no way they would have had her be the man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll only say this because we actually got to do some real world history. Uh, today, March 20th, 1815, Napoleon, the Hundred Days War. The Hundred Days War begins when Napoleon Bonaparte and his forces arrive in Paris after he'd escaped from exile earlier that month. Uh, Wellington takes command of the Allied Army in Belgium. The war included Napoleon's famous defeat at the Battle of Waterloo. It lasted until July 8th, 111 days. So 100 days war was actually 111 days war. Napoleon um, is a crazy dude. Yeah. Well, short people, man. They're, they're angry. But it's not even just that. It's like, uh, you know, he was he was pretty military tactician-wise. He was pretty, 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 
pretty solid yeah. until the end there. Exactly. He got a little too big for his britches. Exactly, so to speak. Um, and a little bit of, uh, is it brevity? Brevity means like lightheartedness, right? Levity. Levity. What's brevity? Brevity is short, like to the point. Right? Yeah. Future? <laughs> levity. <laughs> I've always said it wrong. Levity. Levity means like calm, casual, relaxed. Like, yeah, yeah. Really? Upbeat, happy. Levity. I'm not normally that guy that's Get some, get that some niceness bad. to this. Uh, today, March 20th, 1928, Mr. Rogers was born. For those of hey! you who don't know, uh, Mr. Rogers hosted a really amazing, innocent, scandal-free kids show. <laughs> they've Mr. Not, Rogers they've is not, the best. Yeah, they've not turned up any scandal since his death in 2003. Pure, innocent happiness. American Emmy Award-winning TV personality, Presbyterian minister. Did not know that. Mm -hmm. uh, one of his sweaters is on display at the Smithsonian. Uh, TV show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, from 1968 to 2001. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, he, he died, kept going. He died two years after that. Yeah. Creator, producer, host. Um, this is a, well, here's recovering our joy. This is part of, back throwback to my journal today. A quote of his is, you've made this day, you've made this day a special day by just you being you. There's no person in the world like you, and I like you just the way you are. So... We're going to do a nod out to Mr. Rogers, and uh, depending on how long I can tolerate this two-minute, 39-second clip, here is the opening to Mr. Rogers before I get sued. Skip. 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 Come on. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood, a neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I have always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you, so... Let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you please? Okay, so can you imagine if somebody went into a boardroom and pitched that now? We're gonna have an oh, old, yeah. we're gonna have an old man walk into a room singing a song relatively poorly. Changing his shoes, putting on a cardigan, it wouldn't sell. Like tech, this would not be a kids' show now. Nope. Things. Have it changed. probably would not. I I would be really surprised if it was. Things have changed so much. So, you know, my favorite uh, Mr. Rogers story. Ooh, the Navy oh, Short and sweet. Navy. You probably heard it, but if you haven't, let's it's hear a good it. Good one. So, my favorite Mr. Rogers story is uh, there was a couple of thieves stealing cars, and they stole Mr. Rogers' car. Okay. They stole it in the middle of the night. They took it. They, I believe, were like, uh, they had a chop shop. So, they were like stripping the car completely. They were taking it all apart, taking all the pieces off. And halfway through, they finally figured out whose car it was. And when they figured out whose car it was, they immediately put everything back and brought the car back. <laughs> Because they didn't want to do that to Mr. Rogers. I would. I hope that's true. That there's some sort of honor amongst thieves. They're like, "Wow, Mr. Rogers, we probably shouldn't do this." 
I've always well, heard the wives' tale that, you know, did you know Mr. Rogers under that long sleeve sweater, he has sleeves of tattoos and he was a Navy SEAL? Have you ever heard that one? Oh, I've heard that. I've heard so many different versions yeah, of the story exactly. where Mr. Rogers is like, no, he was a, he was an army sniper and he's exactly. like got 52 confirmed kills. It's like, well, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure his military yeah. record would be pretty public if that yeah, were the case. It's not hard to find that. So today, born uh, Mr. Rogers, uh, thank you, sir, Fred McFeely Rogers. And I, in the day and age where they're now having Michael Jackson um, documentaries and all, I mean, we all aren't too surprised, but it's nice that there's still no creepy, dirty skeletons in that dude's closet. He's like one of the few thus far. It's pretty good. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'll just hammer out the rest. Today, Holly Hunter, uh, actress, born today, March 20th, 1958. Spike Lee. Oh, she's good. Yeah. Raising Arizona, the piano. God, Raising Arizona. What a classic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Spike Lee, also known as Shelton Jackson Lee, born to, He just got his first Oscar, didn't he? Pretty sure. I think it was his yeah. first one ever. I don't finally. know if it was his first one. Was it his first one? There was a lot like... of hoopla about him getting it. It seemed like it would have been his first. I see you Googling. Keep me posted. I, I'm gonna. Uh, so born today, March 20th. Spike Lee, born today, March 20th. Also, William Hurt. Very good, underappreciated oh, actor. Oh, man, he's so good. Yeah, very good guy. Blah, 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 blah. Skip, skip. You're skip. right. It's his skip first win. Nice. Skip. He's got nominations, though. Yeah, tons. Yeah, that was the thing. He's kind of like that uh, that uh, soap opera woman that's like got nominated like every year for like thirty years and never got an uh, whatever those are called daytime. Oh yeah, Emmy. daytime Emmys. Yeah. Ah, uh, today died Sir Isaac Newton, English mathematician, philosopher, astronomer. He discovered the three laws of motion, the law of gravity, and invented calculus. You are the man I am most angry for when I was in AP calculus. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. Uh, David Rockefeller, today born March 20th, Rockefeller Plaza in New York, etc., etc. God, there's a lot of big people that died today. We'll call it good. So uh, <laughs> that was, uh, <coughs> excuse me, today in history. And, all right, now we're going to get to levity we're bringing some levity to the show levity <laughs> levity because it has been way too serious we're gonna play a game called cowboy term or sex term <laughs> for those of you who uh, can't see what i can see which is everybody i get to watch scott react to a lot of this stuff and 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 jam out and dance out all right, so the way cowboy term or sex term is played, Scott, as co-host extraordinaire, I give him a term, and it's either cowboy term or sex term, and he has to tell me what it is, what he thinks it is, and then back up what he thinks the definition is, and then you're going to hear a so sound that corresponds with the correct sound, uh, correct definition, not what he says. So if it's a cowboy term, you're going to hear, and if it is a sex term, you're going to hear... I'm bringing sexy back. All right. <laughs> Scott knows the rules, so I won't... Uh, give me a letter of the alphabet so I can narrow this down on my little website I use. P. P. You did that last time. Skip. Did I? Yeah, it's still on that page. All right, all right. Then uh, I'm going to go with D. D as in uh, Delta? Yes, D as in Delta. All right, so... D. Let me get that up and running. I love this game so much. This is just 
reason I'm alive. This is helping me find my joy. <laughs> Sadly, my good friend is a pastor, so the sad part is is my pastor friend that helps me find my joy via cowboy term or sex term. All right, so we'll do three. Keep it simple, so we get a thirty-three percent. You have a you have to get two out of three to get it right. No, I got to get my sex terms. My sex terms aren't cooperating. Stand by. Sex terms. Wow, there's a lot of dirty sex terms. A lot of D words. Well, I would hope so, right? A lot of D words. All right, so cowboy term or sex term number one. <laughs> Dang. Or I'm sorry, dangler. D-A-N-G-L-E-R. Dangler. Cowboy term or sex term? Dangler? Yeah. <laughs> Well, let me think about that. Dangler. Uh... <laughs> I know what you're thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I wanna, I wanna say sex term. Okay. And I think it's probably just referencing a certain part of the male anatomy. Oh, okay. Parts, if was, you will. And here's the humor in this game is in the th situation where the person is wrong, in this case, Scott, and he comes up with a very disgusting, perverted definition, that is a true reveal into his character. And in this case, Scott's, <laughs> Scott's definition was quite tame. Dangler, i.e. penis, basically. I won't even remotely tell you what I went, where I went with the word dangler. Because that would... Uh reveal where my brain went i had a second one for dangler it uh, might not be far off from what yours was and i was like well, it's also, not that yeah. when well, you also got to keep it pg-13 which is even more fun do you want to reveal what you what your other uh theory was well the other one isn't really a sex term it's just grosser yeah <laughs> same okay um what's there is a word for what we're talking about uh something uh, we'll talk it's uh dingleberry <laughs> i'm thinking of a dingleberry that's it yep that's that's the one <laughs> all right so in the spirit of that scott says sex term and was he right no. oh. believe it or not it was a cowboy term and oh god son of a pete i i swiped right i gotta go find it again and this is not an excuse swiped right like I, because I, I have a the pad, this. Oh yeah. So I, I used know. I, I three fingered. Speaking of cowboy <laughs> term or sex term, I three fingered it. You three fingered it. I I've did. done that one. Too many fingers. Uh, so <sighs> Dangler is an express train. A what? Yeah, an express train. So for your Western, you can now use the word Dangler. I mean, I'll write it down, I guess. <laughs> Scott's writing. Well, Scott has written a Western, and it's under like constant uh, editing. Oh yeah, <laughs> in a good way. All right, so Scott is O for three. Uh, next, <laughs> cowboy term. <laughs> cowboy term or sex term? Oh, I was gonna say Dirty Sanchez, but come on now. That's too easy. Yeah, skip that. Um, Explaining it's not as easy. No, that's the catch. <laughs> All right, so um, cowboy term or sex term number two? 
Dirty knees. <laughs> Dirty knees, huh? Yeah. Ah. Uh, you, you. That could easily go either way. Yeah, why I oughta. Why I oughta. <laughs> all right, all right. Dirty knees. Ah, I gotta go sex turn. Okay. And jump around your jump around definition. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> if, uh, if you were inclined to fillet someone, okay. you would probably get on them knees. All right. So, Scott says, Scott says sex term. And was he right? I'm bringing sexy back. He is right, and he's almost ah. verbatim right. Dirty knees, what a person has after performing fellatio. Ooh! So obvious, I was worried it'd make you jump twice. Um, it did. Ooh. It did make me jump yeah. twice. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Number three, Cowboy Turber's sex I just have to say it because it's fun. Disco stick. Oh, Lord. Lucky for me, I have listened to a little Lady Gaga, so I know that oh, disco no. stick is a sex term. Oh, and it is definitely exactly what you think it is. Really? Yeah, you want to oh, take a ride on my disco stick? It says it at the end of the definition. We're just gonna find. So was it a cowboy term or sex term, Scott? I'm bringing right. sexy back. I it was new to me, so that's all that matters. Disco well, you can do a bonus one for funds. Okay, we'll do a we'll do a bonus. So, disco stick is a penis on the dance floor, or one belonging to a man with rhythm. Origins: Lady Gaga's song "Love Game." Wow, pretty pretty up to date website that's already got a sex term out of a Lady Gaga thing. Pretty good. All right, pretty good. Fine. Cowboy Termer sex term number four. Bonus. Dog treat. Dog oh, treat. No. <laughs> Dude, what's Damn the best? It. And right hand to God, I don't read the definition. I just look at a def the, the term and see if it's nebulous enough to be confusing. And then I blurt it out to you. And then I read the definition. So it's a joyous surprise for me too. <laughs> It's a dog treat, just like everybody here. Dog treat. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 uh, God, this could literally just be a dog treat, but, but, or. It I'm laughing so hard, something. I'm sweating right now. <laughs> uh, okay. I, uh, <laughs> uh oh. I guess I'm going to go ahead and say sex term. Okay. Even though I might be wrong. Um, Dog treat. 
I think maybe that's a, a, a colorful way to equate basically teabagging. Okay, fair enough. All right, Ed was Scott right. Cowboy term is sex term. Scott says sex term. I'm bringing sexy back. He was right. Sex term. All right. Again, the definitions are just an entertainment bonus. There's no way he'll ever get those right. Uh, we just got to go with the 50-50 chances of getting the category right. Uh, but a dog treat. <laughs> I lost it. It's <laughs> slathering peanut butter on your... Mm-mm. Uh, wait. Yeah, slathering slathering peanut <laughs> on your... <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I lost it again. <laughs> then having your dog lick it off. That's a dog treat. Oh, man. It is that? Yep. It's, ex- uh, it's I so, didn't want to say that. I, I went there too, and that's why I left Sardis because I was I was really surprised I was right. <laughs> so uh, we've now taken away every amount of hippie and knowledge from Cowboy or, uh, from uh, Jeff's journal and Today in History and ruined it with that. So thank you for listening to Cowboy Termer Sex Term. Woo. All right, this is a lot of back and forth today we'll do a little bit uh motivation chat uh on some topics i try to keep track of some stuff to try to get give some people some stuff out of their life to or some people to give some stuff out of this podcast to apply to their life so a little bit of motivation-esque chat All right, today's motivation chat, and these are just random notes, and Scott is obviously going to be welcome to chime in on um, something I've noticed, and uh, I've been actually very active on doing. And ironically, me, I'm a little bit probably more annoying with social media than Scott, but it's still sadly, especially in the entertainment industry, something that's heavily necessary for our jobs. Ironically, when Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, or Facebook and Instagram shut down last week, all those social media influencers were instantly unemployed which makes me happy because those people suck ironically i know one of those people but a note i wrote down and i'm just going to read it verbatim what i wrote because nine times out of ten i'll just hear think of these in the gym or on the in the vehicle or whatever and i'll just jot them down real quick but verbatim what i wrote is things are so chaotic we have to take an active role in diluting the negative energy and or chaos out there delete old texts clean out old emails and just have a come to Jesus your, with your to-do lists. And what I was going through that day is is we are just getting bombarded with Instagram. We are just inundated with Instagram stories. Just constant second-by-second second interaction with sometimes complete strangers, sometimes with friends. Good, bad, or indifferent. We live in a world where all we do is get bombarded with everybody else's lives. And we wonder why this is kind of self therapy, I guess, but like we wonder why we get kind of lost. We don't have, we lose our identity or, you know, some poor kids and Scott works with kids of a very impressionable age. Mm -hmm. We wonder why kids, their goals or their dreams are so diluted because all they do are see these Photoshopped supermodels or these Photoshopped athletes only showing 
perfection and wonder why they have such a distorted view of reality. And like I was even just talking to my dentist today on how her kids were were like had no concept of value. Like she called it a throwaway generation. When something's broke, they throw it away. And it's just a world of chaos. And so I'll let you chime in in a second. But where what I started doing and what I meant by taking an active role in diluting that negative energy, I'm not saying it's negative, but stuff that maybe can affect you negatively is I actually quit looking at people's Instagram stories, for example, or even their Instagram posts. Like, I don't follow The Rock anymore. This is an extreme, crazy, specific example. But his life is perfect, and he only posts his perfect stuff. And because I'm susceptible, because I have like kind of this hard on myself, self-deprecating approach to life, only seeing all this greatness from him is constantly makes me hard on myself. And that's toxic, not because it's his fault, but because of the way I receive it. So I quit following it, you know, and I don't know, but Scott will have obviously an opinion, but like kids don't know otherwise. So they don't know like the old ways, if you will. And all they do is see Kim Kardashian, The Rock, or they only see perfection and success and money and grandiose existences. Whereas I'm like, I want to live before that. I want to see struggle. I want to, you know, like, so I basically, the point of that thing is I, I quit, I, I, I take an active role and delete texts that don't matter. I clean out emails that don't matter. Um, To-do lists, for those of you who are organizational freaks, really truly does that need to be in your list or can it get be getting gotten rid of you know and and yeah that's my rant scott <laughs> no i definitely agree and it's it's it is definitely a problem i have like a very specific example i can cite like my phone if you've seen it you've seen it yeah it's it's pretty beat up it's <laughs> it's cracked it's messed up i've got tape on it in places it's impressive but you know what it still works yeah and every every day, every other day, at least one student will see my phone and be like, is that your phone? And I say, <laughs> yes. They're like, well, it's broken. And I'm like, still works. Yeah. Like, well, why don't you just buy a new one? And I'm like, ha! Yeah. <laughs> okay. The value sure. of a dollar. Let me, that's gone. Let me just whip that money right <laughs> out. I totally have that. Yeah. I can go buy a six hundred dollars that's how much our phones cost now for oh, some easy. reason yeah <sighs> <laughs> yeah and that's... i work in technology tech now is is uh bullshit well yeah it's that value it's that whole i mean it's and this sounds like to you know scott's a decade younger than me ish half yeah about decade, that three quarters of a decade but still, it sounds like two old old men bitching about like, oh, back in my day. Oh, it but totally it, does. It's a fact. <laughs> Once you and I are done, the, the existence I'm bitching about, that'll be the norm. Like there's going to be a point where that's the norm. Where, I mean, I was I long in this weird, like hyper nostalgic way for the days. But we didn't like if when it, before even cell phones, if somebody didn't get back to you it wasn't the end of the world because yeah. there was no way. Like if, if eight hours passed for somebody to return a phone call, that was normal because it mm-hmm. might've taken them a work shift to get home to a phone to call you, <laughs> you know? Exactly. So, yeah. so now the standard is if 25 seconds have passed and somebody hasn't responded to a text, like, Oh, they hate me. It's like, no, yeah. like that. The, the world we live in is, 
I wonder if this is going to be like the downfall of man because there's only there's going to be like a breaking point where we can't keep up with it any longer and we're going to like have to reset the matrix or something. It's just it's uh, it's pretty uh it's it's very like it's kind of anxiety inducing it's and it's kind of stressful to think about. Unquestionably. Yes. Right yes. It's kind of nuts cuz uh I mean the state of our world the Instagram and Facebook shut down and I didn't, I didn't listen. I didn't even know it had happened. Good. I had no idea. You have a chance. There's a chance. Until somebody comes in and starts telling me that they're all upset. And I'm like, I'm trying to like, listen and understand the the story that I'm being told down to me is being like, okay, so let me get this straight. (laughs) You're upset. Because you can't post something on Instagram, people and they people smashed Twitter and bitched about it like it was the oh end of the god. world. Like I get, I, I was, was like, like, oh, boohoo, frustrated. But like some people were legitimately <laughs> evil about not being able to post a goddamn picture. Do something else with your yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, I was. Come am- on. But that's indicative. Fast forward about five, ten years, when that generation dies off, you know, like or. 20 maybe where our generation dies off that will be the norm like that's going to be the new default standard baseline foundation of existence where if social media crashes it's like this it'll be the equivalent of a stock market crashing it's got that much importance in people's existence and that's assuming we even get that far if we don't (laughs) destroy the planet before then i mean come on that's true I mean, so it's it's been a little bit of is uh, of like rant fest, and you know, <laughs> I got this dang sound program. It's a rant. Loud noises. <laughs> That's Scott and I ranting. <laughs> uh, try to turn this motivational. I try to spin this with a positive. Is try to do what I do, or find a spin on it. Is is truly kind of have a moment of come to Jesus is, is whatever you're looking at or, or letting into your eyes or your mind, or your soul or whatever you want. Is it truly enhancing your life? Like is seeing the rocks feed it motivating you or is it setting a standard of unrealistic goals? And I'm not saying that that's to be like jaded, but the things we see, especially Scott will totally vouch for this is especially mm-hmm. in entertainment. That is one in a billion statistic odds, but you're not going to see the failures. So you're only going to see the rocks, the Hugh Jackman's, the Kim Kardashian's, but those statistically are one in a million success people. You're not seeing the other quote unquote normal statistics. So is that motivating you in a genuine way or is it motivating you in a depressing like I can't possibly live up to this way. And so like I, again, I use the word literally the way it was designed. I literally changed the wallpaper on my phone. I'm looking at it right now. And it says, does this support the life I'm trying to create? Yeah. And so let's all like, if it's Instagram or social media or even TV, is it enhancing your life or is it toxifying it? And you know, like I'm really OCD and Scott will vouch for this too. I'm really OCD with to-do lists. And that's good, but uh, I know my failure is that I track to-do lists that have been probably in my to-do list app for five to ten years. And I keep Mm -hmm. just rolling it over, keep on rolling it over. And at that point, it's not helpful. It's toxic. 
delete it, and odds are, three days later, I'll forget what that that item was, and nobody's going to die because I forgot to whatever that to-do list item was. So, yep. Yeah, it, it's to uh, go. Yeah, to to sum to help summarize uh, summarize here with a core point to get back to motivational, like Maria Kondo says, if it doesn't spark joy, get yep. rid of it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it comes back to Jeff's journal when it when my good friend Colette from uh, Pacific Lutheran University said, "Recover your joy." You know, and come to, go back to when things were simple. And for those of you who maybe listen to this where you don't comprehend anything pre-flip phone. Imagine a world. <laughs> it sounds like the opening of a trailer of a movie. In a world where there was no phones. <laughs> no phones. <laughs> what was it? Did you watch uh, Parks and Rec when uh, they're like, um, Bobby, Bobby Newport. Newport. <laughs> Bobby. Bobby Newport. Bobby. So... But imagine a world when technology doesn't exist. Like um, Scott saw the story and my people who follow me saw the story is I actively took a role of going up to the middle of freaking nowhere in, in California to the snow where there's all my posts were retroactive because I had no signal. So I'd actually record videos on my cell phone and post them when I got back to a signal. And my dog and I just went up to the woods and it was fine. Nobody died because they couldn't get a hold of me. I didn't die because I couldn't get a hold of people. I didn't die because Instagram wasn't working. I didn't die because Facebook crashed. We don't need that shit. <laughs> so really have a come to Jesus with yourself is, 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 and even like as simple as old texts, like, I don't know about anybody, like just having them there is creates anxiety. Like if nobody, if that text is 10 years old, you know, or whatever, 10 days old, it doesn't need to be there. Get rid of it. Delete. There's no reason to have that. It's uh -huh. just, I don't know. It's it's meant to be inspirational, motivational, or maybe a little, just a little bit of empathy, because maybe everybody else goes, "Oh, me too," not the that me too, but a different me too. <laughs> just purge. Does it matter? Does it help? Does it toxify, or, or does it help, or does it motivate? So, anything else? <laughs> no, no. I think uh, I think you pretty much covered it. All right, cool. Yeah. So that was a little bit of motivation, empathy, something, something rather talk. And moving hey. on, we're definitely playing like ping pong. We go like super deep and serious and then completely destroy it with whatever else. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. that that's that's the play. Yeah, that, that's exactly. the way you got to roll. That's the podcast. You got to get um, those ups and downs, exactly. man. You know, we're the, we're the, uh, we are the diabetic insulin drip of podcasts. Hey. <laughs> on that note, we're going to bring it back to a little bit of uh, just casual simplicity and talk a little bit of nerd chat. Nerd! All right, nerd chat. That's pretty much all inclusive of anything to do with movies or films or comic books. Uh, I only say I'm a closet nerd in that because people assume I'm not a nerd, but I don't hide it at all. But people just assume just aesthetically or just superficially book covered judgmentally that I'm not a nerd. Proud, proud nerd. But today, oh, yeah. Scott's going to take the helm, and Scott has some nerd talk with, like, space and a script and and what happens oh, next. Oh, Scotty. Buddy. Backgrounds, basically, is Scott is a longtime best friend. 
Um, we lived we lived together, not romantically. We were roommates. Um, we've been a lot of movies Aww. together. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> I wish people could have seen the video when you did that. It just added to it. Uh, he's cast me in a lot of films. We're working on a lot of projects. He's helping me tons on the Bosley for Reacher project that I've never really detailed. Um, so we, we talk nerd, we bitch about it, but at the end of the day, uh, at the end of the day, if I make bajillions of dollars or he makes bajillions of dollars, we are going to make some, we are going to make some shit. And that brings us to sci-fi Scott nerd chat. Oh, what are you working on? What's this sci-fi? Cause it's sitting in my inbox waiting to be read. All right. So, uh, I love sci-fi. You know this about me. You've read my other scripts. A lot of them tend to lean to the sci-fi angle in some way, shape, or form. But this is this is definitely like my this is my like hard space sci-fi movie, and uh, I'm trying to be accurate as I can within the realm of movie world and you know logic and whatnot. But uh, in doing so, I've been further educating myself about the, the about space and the deep reaches of space. And not just that, but the deep ocean, because I'm writing a deep space, a science fiction deep space slash deep sea horror film. Holy God. Wait, say that again. This (laughs) is science fiction, deep space, slash deep sea horror film. So this is if like Jaws had a baby with um, Event Horizon. (laughs) It would be like if Event Horizon had a baby with the Abyss. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> I like it. So uh, that's that's definitely like the vein. But also, there is action because there's always going to be action in For these sure. things. And uh, yeah, it, it starts off. Uh, it's it's about Europa, and they did a movie yeah. called Their Europa Report. I don't know if you've seen it. No, I know of it. Yeah. Okay, that that's a, that's a horror movie. But if you watch it, it's not bad. It's just gonna give you like serious blue balls as far as <laughs> like oh, science fiction better. horror movies go. You know, it's it really is. But uh, I was watching like Blue Planet one night, and like on the deep, and that's always fascinated me. The deep sea has always been interesting, and the like deep space has also been interesting. So I got on this whole kick. And I came up with this crazy movie, and basically it's going to be like, oh, we're 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 maybe looking for life under the deep sea oceans that are underneath Europa that are theorized to be underneath Europa. So I just decided for the movie that they're going to be there. But anyway, that's that's a little bit about the movie. It's going to be nuts, and it's going to be fun. And you have the first half of the movie. Yes, I'm not biased, but I am. <laughs> so uh, you have the first half of the movie in your inbox. You'll get to you get to check it out. It leaves you on a pretty solid cliffhanger moment. Why? Wh- yeah. What is this? Feels like basically we're turning into my my like interview section. Um, <laughs> what? Did we just become best friends? Yep. <laughs> like, what is? What's your preferred genre? Because a little background, real quick. Scott has hit me with um, westerns, sci-fi, um, Nirvana-esque, future utopias, <sighs> thrillers, murder mysteries. Like, does it? Do you like what? Yeah, we're turning this interview segment. But like, what? 
what triggers a new genre twist? Is it like, oh, this this topic that happens to be this genre, or is it the other way around where you're like, I now want to watch like write a sci-fi. Let me figure out how to do that. It's kind of it's not really like I pick it. A okay. lot of times, you know, it's kind of you know inspiration strikes as okay. it were, but it usually it's because of something else. Okay. Like uh, for example, I, I the Europa Report. If you've seen it, then okay. you'll understand this. Where do you see that, you by the way? Huh? What was it on? Like uh, Amazon? I think or... it's on like Amazon Prime right okay. now. I'll check it out. You can totally use it. Uh, it's it's interesting though, but it kind of. As I was watching the movie, I kind of got like the idea of what they were going for. So when I got to the end of the movie, and seriously, it is like the bluest balls <laughs> ending. And I was just like, oh, I was so mad when it was over that I was like, that's not the movie I wanted to see. And then the minute I said that, I was like, I know what movie I wanted to Ooh, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay, good. And then I just started writing that movie, basically. So. Well, you know what? Uh, hey, because of technology, because you keep citing it and it's got one million views, let's um, let's look at the Europa look. It's a podcast. Uh, listen to the Europa <laughs> trailer and pulling this out of my butt. Don't know if this is going to work, but here is. <laughs> What's the summary? Like, could you uh, sh- summarize the Europa? Film? The Europa report. It's like it's like a found footage sort of style movie about like a space crew i'm still a dork for those the it's like enjoyable it's just like it's about a space crew international space crew from all different countries they're all working together to land on europa and do the first manned mission there to like get under the ice and see if they can find signs of life i'm watching this tonight all right so unless i get bored or unless it's got not got a lot of dialogue here's the trailer for europa (laughs) report Cricket, cricket, PG-13. T-minus 10, 9, Good morning. I'm very, we are all very excited to be here today. This really is a new first step for mankind. I would hope we keep looking for the answers to those really tough questions. Who are we? Where do we come from? And are we alone? was heading for a moon of Jupiter, known as Europa. Yeah, my boy's gonna be six when I see him again. Super crowded. Oxygen is flowing, we're good. Commencing oh. egress. Here, my arms are standing up. Now we get Prep for orbital transfer. We are clear of Jupiter's orbit. Pitching for power descent. Ladies and gentlemen, hold on. Here we go. Good. Success is under the ice. You'll be sad about the fun, though. You hear that? Are you guys seeing this? It's beautiful. Come back to the ship now. I want to see if it's reacting to my lights. I'm going to turn them off. Compared to the breadth of knowledge yet to be known, does your life actually matter? No one at home knows we're alive. Find a way. We have to. We got a problem. It's everywhere. Close the lock. I thought I was trying to do something great for mankind. What was that? I always said it was worth the risk. I'll get you out of this. Talk to me. Forgive me. 
Minimums oh. and fees. Okay. <laughs> Holy crap. I could see the, if I could write, I would want to write after seeing that. Yeah. And that's the thing, though. Like, I love that trailer. I can't say I love that movie. I know, and I'm gonna. I'm as soon as I wrap and upload this the podcast. I'm today's my treat meal cheat meal day. I'm ordering some junk food, and I'm gonna oh, watch yeah. this movie knowing blue balls will be coming. <laughs> no but pun intended. No pun intended. But you know what? what? If you do, it'll per you'll be perfectly primed to start that script. <laughs> Touche. I, I, and I tomorrow <laughs> uh, I'll do taxes and read the script. <laughs> Uh, Do you think now, uh, with like the Space Force and all this crap, because I mean now there's Apollo 11, whatever that Ryan Gosling movie was about Apollo. Oh, the first man. The first man. Yeah. Space travel's dead. I don't know about you, but I remember being enamored with space travel in sci-fi. That's why Aliens had such a huge impact because it was it was like a current event. It was a pre like a present tense topic. Yeah. Do people care? Like why? Do, People care. There's okay. a lot of people who still care. And I like, especially as I've been researching this, I forgot how much I used to love this, you know? Yes, good. I always was fascinated with it. So good. I get to like get back into it. I'm really excited about it and learning so much. But uh, man, there's some crazy stuff going on that people aren't aware of because yeah, people are like, people are really sleeping yeah. on space, bro. Well, remember like, um, I'm going to butch, I'm, well, uh, what was the Ryan Gosling movie with Apollo or the, the first, first man. man? Yeah. I think you and I actually talked about this in this podcast. They're the last podcast or another one prior. Think about the statistics that they had to a number one, launch a craft into space. Yep. Astronomical odds. Number two, they had to land on a moon on the moon. Yeah. Astronomical statistics against them. Number three, they had to take off from that moon and astronomical statistics against them. Number four, they had to make it home. Mm -hmm. The fact mankind pulled off all four of those first try. Well, not first try because there's a lot of failures. There was a lot of failures just leaving the planet prior to the first man movie. The, whatever. Yeah. What Apollo was that? What Apollo mission? I think uh, that is 10. 10? Whatever 10? mission that was. People Eight? failed just leaving the freaking planet. And then they finally left the planet and then they had to follow up with the other three and they nailed all three and got home alive. Ridiculous. And we take, nowadays, we take that crap for granted. And I mean, the space program is all but dead. I don't even know. It I, is I, not I, dead. It's not dead, but like publicly... I remember growing up just like waiting for oh. the next NASA story. And it wasn't until uh, I'm, I'm pulling a very classic American right now on my history. Um, the one that blew up, uh, whatever that mission that was. Oh, yeah. With the teacher in it. It wasn't Challenger, until I believe. the Challenger. Correct. Exactly. Um, it, the Challenger mission. And then it went downhill and kind of I can't up until movies. So get rid of. Uh, like Hollywood and entertainment, I ignorantly can't recall the last NASA space story I've seen in the news, like at all. Oh, well, buddy. Yeah. Let me fill you in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please. Now, is that me, Jeff, being ignorant, or is it just because it doesn't make the news 
or both? I think it's not like as high profile in the news because uh, most of the things that are happening are like they're really interesting and they're really cool, but people aren't being like, oh, well, mind blown. Yeah. So they don't get newsworthy. Plus, yeah, there's just too much going on politically for anybody to really pay yeah. attention. Like growing up, that was it had no competition. Yeah. Like space travel was like, oh, how do you compete with that? There's no war going on. There's no crazy left and right, excuse me, political crap going on. There's no Kardashians. Like it had no competition. Right. Now it's completely diluted by whatever. But what's going well, on? Like apparently you've done your research. Holy moly. Holy <laughs> moly. Okay. So, you know. Well, whatever people, whatever you happen to believe, whether it's, we don't, you know, nobody would be like, oh, I know for sure. But, you know, Big Bang, science, okay. all okay. that, everybody figured out the form, you know, forming of the universe and figuring out how things work and math and all that. Well, they <laughs> started like, you know, they started trying to find as many planets as they could, like orbiting other stars out in the universe and like the galaxy and everything so that they could see maybe we could find a planet that might also be able to have it life okay or yeah so and everybody knows that's always been something they've been trying to do yeah. and they're looking for uh but they got a new telescope up there uh that can see further than they used to be able to see really? so they're they're like finding new stars and new planets every day but what's the craziest thing in the last five or six or so years is they started finding these stars with planets that are like whipping around the star at like crazy fast speeds. But the thing that makes it strange is these planets that are doing it are gas giants the size of Jupiter or bigger, which doesn't make any sense. Holy God. Yeah. Really? Why is this not making the news? This is astonishing to me. And what they started to figure out is because like there's no way that these planets like gas giants can form that close to a star. They just would never get that big. They'd be burned up. So the only logical theory is that it moved from somewhere else. So that becomes like opens up a lot of possibilities and doors for figuring out like how things formed, but also is terrifying because if a planet can hop solar systems, what yeah. the hell else could happen? Oh, so is that some sort of seed or some sort of thing you planted within your script? Well, it's not so much that aspect of it. It's just like thinking about the way life works, you know? Yeah. The the whole thing about planets and space is if there is no water, there is no life. Yeah. Water well, and life go hand in hand. Now, wait. If I, if I may, like, be an ignorant moron here, that's as far as we know. Like, True. Like, just with any other hypothesis and anything we assume – we're carbon-based, and H2O is necessary for that carbon-based existence to happen. That's only out of our known universe. Right, because we have never encountered anything that Otherwise. is composed of anything else. Yeah. So that's the only frame of reference we have. Ash, a good friend of mine, the girl that, um, who I you'll see me doing the horse ranch videos with, Ashley, yeah, yeah. we came up with the phrase, nerd chills. That gave, <laughs> that gave me massive nerd chills. Oh, this needs. Okay, I'm excited. So, <laughs> man, my food. It's, I'm it's gonna watch this like, and read your script. It's wild. It is wild the things that are going on. But like, there, there's a new mission for Jupiter that's happening. Like literally, 
like now it just i believe it just launched either last year it's supposed to launch this year they're sending a new rocket probe up that way to do uh, passes around unmanned right yeah unmanned unmanned. it's going around you i don't know if you know no wait sorry are are man Uh, things even happening anymore they are planning for manned ones they just haven't been doing them because they're trying to like you know it's expensive and they're trying to If they're going to send a man team, they're not going to send a man team until they know that there's something for a man team to look at. Worthwhile, or yeah. Be safe in, in looking at. Yeah, yeah. You know? okay. uh, with Jupiter, they actually, I I just realized, I'm like, duh, I was just looking at this the other day. Uh, they already launched that mission. It has been taking new photographs of multiple orbits around Jupiter. So now they're getting to see stuff they haven't been able to see before, like the whole southern pole. I gotta it's, nerd out and get back crazy. online. This is absurd that I don't know this. And uh, they're like figuring out probes to send over and around Europa because what they started to see in scans of Europa are like what look to be water blasts and bursts now, coming out. Forgive me the for side. being completely ignorant. Europa is not a fictional thing. No, it's a real. It's a real. Okay, moon now what Jupiter. is it? Educate me and anybody else. Europa is one of the moons of Jupiter. So okay, Jupiter has a bunch of different moons, but. Uh, there's a few that are like relatively close and they're they're not huge. They're bigger. I think they're bigger than Earth, but not by much. Really? Um but not by much. And uh, they orbit fictional. they all orbit Jupiter and they're mostly ice. They're just completely iced over. Now why why is Jupiter because now you brought up Jupiter two or three different times. Why is Jupiter NASA's focus? Is it because it's the closest thing to our atmosphere or what well it's because jupiter looks to be it's the oldest so it's the first planet okay. that was formed in our solar system and based on the theories especially with the new data they're coming up with it looks like jupiter formed and was on its way to the star to do that crazy orbit that they they're finding all over the place which by the way that is the most common thing they're finding is these crazy orbits of other stars and these other systems. Our right. orbit, as it turns out, is pretty specifically uncommon. Oh, that's unsettling. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, great. Here we go. So the model suggests that when the star exploded and all the mass came out and started to condense back in again, our star, our sun, was here. And then right around it is all the debris and the ice that just formed. As Jupiter Jupiter starts to form and gets big and it starts pulling itself in, so it starts cutting its own little path through toward it. But that's a long trip no matter what. And as it's making this trip, Saturn starts to form. Saturn starts to form and comes in and they end up meeting. And instead of like crashing into each other or locking into each other's orbits, they end up kind of like when people like skate or walk near each other by accident. <laughs> yeah. They kind of like you they they almost touch, but they don't, and they kind of like end up pushing off of each other and force each other off in the other direction, which Crazy. put their orbits out further. So then they got pushed further out away from our star. And then as they're doing that, they're both moving debris around, and Jupiter is just knocking and leaving all its gases onto all this other debris, which is forming the rest of our solar system. All the different planets are coming. I need to re-nerd online. I had no idea all this was going on. <laughs> It's so, nuts. <laughs> now, re retell how your script ties into all this intel. So all of this like is just spin. like you're obviously making helping it fictional. inform. 
it's kind of like helping inform the craziness of okay. like the solar system and, and things that could happen and things that are possible, which again, more, the more you learn, you're like, this is so cool. This is so scary. <laughs> exactly. It's so cool. scary. Dot, dot, dot. Terrifying. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, okay. So there's things like this, for example, there are solar minimums and solar maximums. Solar maximum is when like a regular sun activity during like a, a usually an 11 year solar cycle, uh, it drops or raises rather. Okay. So the large, the sunspots appear, solar ir- irradiance outputs grow by like 0.07% they get higher and the increased energy output of solar maxima can like affect the actual climate of the earth because we're in the solar system. So for example, right now, we're having what used to be regular weather. Yeah. That's because we're in a solar maximum right now. They thought the solar maximum was going to happen like years ago, and then it didn't. And then all of a sudden, we've been having crazy weather, and I started like looking at it. I was like, oh, we're in a solar maximum. That's why. It's literally affecting the climate. Yeah, this needs to be a movie. You're right. And I was just like, okay, so what if, what if we had like, you know, it's a space movie and it's in the future. So we have more time. It's much further in the future. So what if this is like a record solar maximum and it's crazier than anything they've ever seen. And it happens to be hitting its peak right during this mission for this crew on this planet. (laughs) I need to fund this movie. Uh, (laughs) So for those of you going to the Patreon page, this is what you help fund. Now watch somebody listens to this and like jacks my movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I guess that's the catch. Oh. It's okay. I already registered it. Touche. Yeah. As a, as a fan, this is astonishing. Well, uh, where are we at? We're at an hour and a half. This is big bang for people's buck. That was nerd talk on steroids. Holy crap. Um, yeah, I've already got it. The movie ordered. I just ordered my food. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm gonna read your script tomorrow. This is gonna be like 48 hours of nerddom. Um, uh, it should be fun. It yeah. should be fun. I can't really. Any final words? <laughs> it sounds like you're dying. No, no. <laughs> All right. Uh... That was nerd talk, and for everybody that listens that appreciates nerd talk, that is by far the best nerd talk ever because it was actually based in reality, which is. Uh, entertaining and inspi- inspiring and also terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. Exactly. I can't wait. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go. Uh, we'll finish the show up. I'm going to watch uh, the Europa movie and be get my uh, entertainment blue balls. So we'll move on to the <laughs> next segment. All right, and that brings us to the second to the last segment. Um, we're going to do a little bit of box office talk um, just because since Scott and I haven't spoke for 30 days on the show, I didn't do the show till last Friday, so we're going to talk about what's been going on in the box office and kind of a quick summarization of the sh- movies that are out. Maybe the top five we'll chat about. So here is a little bit of box office chat. All right, for those of you over 32-ish, 
will appreciate that song. Um, it was completely given to me. I was licensed and approved to use it. Uh, I'll just hammer out the top. You know what? I'll hammer out the top 22 because, you know what? Uh, I stand corrected. I'll hammer out the top 20. I keep scrolling and changing my mind. I'll hammer out the top 29. Makes no sense, but it's because there are known movies in the top 29. Um, number 29, Glass, the third sequel in the um, M. Night Shyamalan trifecta, which I still need to see the sequel and, before oh, I can even so see good. Glass. I'm embarrassed I haven't seen it. What's the sequel? Number two, uh, Split. Split, right? Split. Yeah, I need yeah. to see Split. So watch Split, go see Glass. It's still in the top 29. 28, Bohemian Rhapsody, a huge cleanup at the Oscars. Um, uh, the Queen, uh, doc, or um, what would you call that? Biography? Or by oh, yeah, biopic. Uh, Freddie Mercury biopic. Yeah. Uh, number 27, Cold Pursuit. No idea what that is. Number 26, A Star is Born. Still need to see that. Uh, I'm, as an actor, really jealous of that actor, but he seems like a really good guy. <laughs> um, I heard it was pretty good. Yeah. I, pretty I good. need to see that. Lady Gaga, apparently, um, he, Bradley Cooper, made her like not wear any makeup and completely stripped her of her persona. So that seems really cool. Uh, as an Academy guy, I should have been getting all these screeners, so they're probably sent to my ex's house, so enjoy those, P. Um, <laughs> number 25, everybody knows. No idea what that is. Number 24, the kid. Uh, if you if you know what these are, Scott, stop me, but I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't yeah. I don't know the kid. 23 is Run the Race. 22, Aquaman. It peaked and dropped fast. Uh, yeah, it did. Have you seen it yet? Yeah, I liked it. Okay, I haven't seen it yet, and I'm probably DC bias. I'm one of the like five people that are like Justice League, Super Batman versus Superman. Oh, I know. We we've had this. Uh, time. Yeah. Oh, and I don't know if you know this, but um, uh, Zack Snyder is actually going to be up in Pasadena screening oh. The Watchmen, Batman versus Superman. Um, what was the zombie one? He did uh, Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. He's going to be screening oh. that, and uh, Justice League. He's going to be screening that and doing Q&As. He's going to be there. Tickets are expensive. I bet they are. So I, I would not see, going. like... Uh, I, I, I'm not... I like... I don't really like the Justice League movie or the Batman oh, versus Superman. I watched uh, Justice League on faith only in what it could have been. Like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. you need to know this. March, I think 11 days from now, March 30th, a fan is doing a massive... Zack Snyder inspired esque release of Justice League. They're going to recolor correct it. They're going to um, rescore it. They're going to re edit it. They're going to cut out all the bull crap that was reshot with um, Joss Whedon. I'll send you the what? link. Yeah, it's going to be what? awesome. I'm ecstatic. Yeah, it's going to be true uh... to the Zack Snyder vision. Side note. Um, that was Aquaman, 22. <laughs> uh, number 21, my lucky number, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I still need to see that. I've oh, man, it's so good. It, it won Oscar for the best animated, right? Yeah, it's so good. I need to see that. Number 20, Happy Death Day to You, a sequel for a really good horror movie, I guess. Oh, uh, I know what that one is. Yeah. I actually wanted to see that. I I said this last weekend, but for some reason it went fell through. But I want to just do that whole thing we did in high school where you pay to get in. And in between movies, you go to the bathroom and then sneak back in. Yeah. I just need to see like 16 movies. There's so many I need to see. Um, the so, only way you could do it would be in a theater that's not assigned seats, though. Touche. <laughs> or on a weekday where the assigned seats kind of go to hell anyway because there's like five people in it. 
That's fair. Like every time I got assigned seats, it didn't matter. Number 19, <clears throat> Gloria Bell. Number 18, Badla. Number 17, whew, I don't speak Spanish. Dominic Renos II. Uh, the language is Spanglish. So, okay. <clears throat> number 16, <clears throat> Greta. Number 15, When We Met. Number 14, The Upside. That fell fast uh, with uh, Kevin Hart and what's his name? Oh, boy. Uh, what was his name? Brian Cranston. Yeah, Breaking Bad. Uh, number 14, or I'm sorry, number 13, Fighting With My Family, the Mark Wahlberg um, something, something. Oh, yeah. Right. I don't know. I'm a sucker for the Mark Wahlberg angry comedies. I fall for those. <laughs> I still fall for those. Number 12, Apollo 11, that just, speaking of space, I just kind of snuck out. I try to track yeah. this stuff, and it just kind of was like, oh, it's released. Yeah, I, I, I want to watch that. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah, number 12. Uh, number 11, Isn't It Romantic? I don't know what that is. Probably. I don't either. Uh, number 10, Green Book. Surprise Oscar winner. Um, I love Viggo Mortensen. Um, I've been a fan of his, sadly, since the Stallone movie Daylight, where he played a cocky, adventurous mountain climber. Do you remember that? Oh, boy, I do. Yeah. I think I that do. was his first. Uh, he was in Michael uh, uh, Douglas's movie The Game. He was the affair yep. guy. I remember that, too. Yeah, but those were his first, like, and up up until the Lord of the Rings, I've been a fan of his ever since. Uh, number nine, Alita: The Battle Angel. I have a ton of stunt friends that were in this movie. I know the woman that was the um, like human stunt double for the computer-generated motion capture of the woman, but I've heard not a great movie. Ah, uh, yeah. Have I, you seen it? I don't know. I I enjoyed it. There's I, yeah, just, like uh... it seems entertaining. Like I think people are putting it on too high of a bar. Go in and enjoy no. it. I think so. Yeah, go and enjoy. It is. Yeah. It's a fun. It's a very enjoyable movie. However, it's just the, the typical problem where they're trying to shove like too much into one movie. Uh, I guess because it's, it's like a, a manga, and they tried to. It's. I think it's at least three books, but they tried to shove two books into one movie. Gotcha. I guess. Yeah, it seems like an awesome concept. And now, I could be way off point here, but the the visual of what's her butt Alita. She mm -hmm. reminds me of Aubrey Plaza. Am I off? Kinda, kinda. But she's, reason, that's not like uh, the characterization in the movie is different for sure. But the look. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like aesthetically, I, I've been rewatching. I think I'm rewatching the Parks and Rec seasons probably for the seventh time because it's like yeah. I watch every night before bed because it's it doesn't activate your brain. <laughs> no offense, Parks and Rec, but it doesn't require my brain. It's just nice to listen to or yeah. watch. Uh, number eight, Lego movie. Number two, the second part. I still haven't seen number one. I need to see them both. They seem awesome. I haven't seen the second one, but the first one was solid. Yeah. Uh, number seven, Captive State. I almost went to see that today. That was another one that slid under the radar with John Goodman. I know. Uh, it looks cool. Yeah. I almost went to it today, but it was just, it was too late uh, for traffic. John Goodman, it's like 10 years into the future when the aliens have taken over the world and kind of like what the norm is. Yeah. This was also in the theater I wanted to go to, and I never heard of. Number six, No Manches Frida 2. What? I don't speak Spanish, but No Manches Frida's 1 was under my radar, but it's in the top 10. And it was at that theater, that dine-in theater you and I go to. Oh. It was one of the movies occupying a screen. Like, no idea. I won't waste time. Uh, number five, this was the other movie occupying a screen at that dine-in theater you and I go to. Tyler Perry's A Medea Family Funeral. Uh, top five I've said it well, in the last show you weren't uh, it wasn't the show I did with you but I've now 
worked with him twice. Uh, I was in a film TV show of his, and I was in a film with him. He's a great, nice guy, and this Medea shit baffles me. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, but I, I don't works. really quite get it uh, either. But he knows you know, the demographic, fair, and he fires at a movie, and it works. I think I think I got to watch at least one of them before yeah, I have exactly. an opinion about it. I'm I'm judging based off zero knowledge. <laughs> like I have not seen a single Medea movie. I've seen like clips of him doing the Medea character, and yeah. every time I see it, I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah, it hurts. <laughs> it feels like another Adam Sandler movie, which goes into our next segment actually. <laughs> um, number four, How to Train Your Dragon: The Hanging World. That's the sequel, right? Yes. Yeah, that's uh, part three. Three. Gee, okay, well, I'm way behind. Number three, top three in the box office, five feet apart. Not a clue. You? Oh, I know what that one is. I forget uh, what they have, but it's like it's it's like an. In- oh, I think yeah, they have indie. like Lou Gehrig's disease or something. Yeah, some and they can't disease. touch each other, so they're like spending yeah. time with each it's other, like a, five feet apart. It's a romance. It's the Notebook with disease. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, number two, Wonder Park. Um, I was down in UCLA, and they had this huge red carpet opening, and it had like all these Wonder Wonder Park banners. And because I didn't know this was a movie, I literally thought they were opening up a park called Wonder Park. And I somehow, because I took my motorcycle, snuck into unauthorized parking and was feet away from the red carpet opening. Had no idea at the time. <laughs> but apparently it's a movie, and it's in the top two. Oh, yeah. It's got uh, uh, Ken Jong in it. Yeah. Apparently yeah. it's a big movie. And, Scott, would you guess what number one oh, is? Oh, Mila Kunis. I didn't realize that. What? I like her. Do you know what number yeah. one is? No, I do not. Lay it on me. Comics. Oh, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. $67 Duh. million. Dollars, and it has been out for two weeks. Uh, I'm seeing it Friday. So, actually, we should do a breakdown. We'll do a nerd chat. We'll do a Captain Marvel breakdown. Um, because I just rewatched uh, Avengers Infinity Wars for the countless th- time two days ago. Um, and I every time I watch uh, uh, Infinity War, I see a new little treat that I don't notice. And I'm sure Captain Marvel will give me a couple more uh, gems. Um, and Infinity War, or I'm sorry, Endgame has me, again, nerd chilling the freak out. So, number one, Captain Marvel. Do you like it overall? I did. I did like it. I've heard it's not uh, as it's not as Marvel as some Marvel movies are. That's that's what I've heard people say. I I guess I could agree with that for sure, but I didn't think it was a problem. Cool. Frankly, yeah. Uh, It was. It was really. It was. It was a pretty fun movie. I I liked. I liked everybody in it. I thought they did a solid job. And uh, is the the, cat's is the cat's name Goose? Yes. Mother. Remember who so and so's cat's oh, name? I know. Uh, you know, but you know why? No, I don't. It's a very oh, obvious. It's a very obvious reference. Goose, Top Gun. Top Gun. That's better. Excuse me. They Dad. don't directly say that, but it's pretty obvious. Okay, good. That makes me feel better because right now, Goose, a cat, is 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 indicative of so and so. Trust me when I. <laughs> <laughs> I love the sound effect board. Uh, trust me when I say though, uh, that little that that won't bother you by the end of the movie. Okay, good. You, by the end of the movie, you'll be like, "All right." Okay, I, yeah. It seems like everybody loves that freaking cat. So, 
That was Box Office, and we will start wrapping this show up. Thanks for listening. Okay, a new segment, an hour and a half into this mofo. Um, Scott Congratulations, you made it. This is astonishing. (laughs) Well, since I don't put out a show as often as I should, um, I need to... Okay. Oh, I lost all my info because I forgot what we were doing. Uh-oh. There it is. Okay. So this new segment is, instead of, we all know in music world there's one-hit wonders and all that crap, but Scott and I being filmmakers, we want to talk about, there's not really, I guess the movie equivalent is maybe the worst movies in the world, which is essentially, there's no such thing as one-hit wonders in the movie world, but this is the closest thing to one-hit wonders, so this is Scott and I's worst movies. time so for those that's the 20th century fox bastardized by somebody on a recorder or a flute today's worst movie uh i won't reveal what it is until i've given you a little bit of background and even played a part of the trailer depending on how much audio is in the trailer because as a podcast video trailers are completely useless but I'll, this was uh scott's idea so props to scott for we'll do hey. the worst movie uh and finally Funnily enough, a lot of Adam Sandler movies are on this list. Um, but this is not an Adam Sandler one. Um, <laughs> this movie was universally panned by film critics and audiences alike. Juan Carlos Cuoto, writing for the new Sun Sentinel, called the movie one of the worst movies ever made. The film holds a 0% rating on an average score of 1.9 out of 10 on Rotten Tomatoes. For those of you who don't know Rotten Tomatoes, it's kind of like the go-to website of relatively objective ratings uh out there uh receiving no positive reviews on the sites from the site's critics critics dislikes the film's rude humor acting puppetry inappropriate moments the creepy appearance and the nonsensical plot karen james of the new york times and scott knows the movie is so this is hilarious karen james of the new york times called the film quote too repulsive for children or adults of any age. <laughs> the film was a box office bomb, grossing $1,576,615. I mean, I guess if they put in $10 million, massive uh, in the red. Oh, yeah. Jib Cummings, who voiced two of the blank... Admitted that he regrets taking a part in the movie. Internet comedian Doug Walker, better known as his stage name, Nostalgic Critic, has stated that the film is the worst movie he's ever seen in his entire life. It won the Stinker's Bad Movie Award for Worst Picture. It was nominated by the Golden Raspberry Awards as the Worst New Star. Uh, I can't give away the subject. It was also nominated by them by the Worst Original Song. And it was also nominated by the Worst Visual Effects. In 2000, we're this movie's horrible. In 2012, it was reported that Michael Eisner's Tornate company had plans to finance and produce the development of a feature based on blank, as Eisner had recently purchased the Topps Trading Cards Company. That's a little hint. Topps baseball cards, etc. But they also did a handful of other uh, genres. 
Yep. On July 18, 2013, it was reported that the film was canceled due to negative reception. So this is a really shitty movie. But I am now going to force you to listen to the trailer. I'm going to have to skip some because it's... Skip. Upon a time. Once upon a time, or was it more recently, there was a young boy named Dodger. He was the sort of child who was always left out of things. Each day after school, Dodger works in a junk shop owned by the mysterious Captain Mancini. Witches' broth and vampires' brew make these clothes as good as new. Dodger has never had a family or a friend he could call his own. Until now. So horrible. Yeah. I had that card. He came out to help us. Meet the garbage pail kid. Starring Nat Nerd. Windy Winston. Messy Tessie. Give him a chance, Tangerine. You'll like it. Ali Gator. Valerie Bobbin. Oh Lisa Gregg. Oh, I'm gonna get fired for this. Foul Phil. Nice to the topes. The Garbage Pail Kids movie. <laughs> they may not be pretty, but boy, they make great friends. Starring Anthony Newley and Mackenzie Aston. The Garbage Pail Kids movie. Oh yeah, that is that was hard to watch. I actually have not seen that. You've seen it. It's pretty bad. That that reminds me of was it not Creeper? Like uh, it was really a really crappy horror movie that had little um, not Gremlins, but like little. Was it called Puppet Creeper? Master? Maybe it was Puppet Master. But regardless, the reveal that is the garbage pail mo- garbage pail kids movie. And for anybody under. 30 of no freaking clue but garbage pail kids correct me if i'm wrong scott they start they were literally trading cards there was no cartoon there was no basis for their 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 creation they tops created trading cards and it was they were absurd i had them i don't did you have them i had like two or three yeah i collected this shit out of them more than my baseball cards like i had more garbage pail kids cards than i had nolan ryan rookie cards uh and they Died overnight. Horrible movie. It looks horrible. 1987. It looks horrible. It's horrible. pretty. It's pretty damn bad. Yeah, that looks horrible. Uh, so that is our little nod to <laughs> the worst movies of all time. And thanks for tolerating that new segment. <laughs> all right. So that wraps up an hour and 45 minutes. Holy crap. That is a solid haul. That is solid. So everyone, uh, sincerely, thanks for listening. Thanks for your patience, your patronage. Keep your eye out for Scott and I's work with Desert of the Film, with uh, the whole Bosley for Reacher project. Some serious stuff miraculously and fantastically has a potential of happening with both of those. Um, 
hate the word literally now. People have ruined it. But literally everything you guys have contributed to the Patreon page has changed what Scott and I can do. Uh, I mean, and, and as trivial it is, is somebody sent me like coffee. By me not having to buy coffee, I can use that money to work towards... I can use that money towards Bosley for Reacher, for Deserted. You raised your hand, Scott. Yeah, I was just going to say, and just replace it with Truthfully. Oh, I like that. Truthfully. We're going to... What was it? From uh, Jay and Silent Bog, I'm bringing it back. Yeah. Uh, what was it? I'm I, taking I, it back! Yeah, I won't use the phrase they used because I... Well, no, because that's not a phrase you want to take back. Yeah, that's a phrase you want to let die. Um, but it means the world to us. We really seriously, uh, for anybody who's followed me, and if you don't know Scott, we don't, For I apologize for the vulgarity, we don't dick around. Um, you don't yeah. see me out partying, you don't see me wasting money on stupid shit. Uh, so that stuff really means the world to us. Um, thank you for listening. I know when I do this, did the show Friday, people were jonesing for another show, so hopefully Scott and I gave you a good long show. And as always... Instagram, social media, Facebook, Patreon, email, whatever you need to. This show is for you. Scott and I are basically your employees. You're our boss. You're our employer. Tailor the show for you. Do segments. Some people have even chimed in and given us like uh, edited sound clips. Some people have done art for the show. Anything and everything goes. The show's for you. Scott and I don't listen to it. Like I'll listen to it like to like, edit it and like upload it and see if the sound levels were good. But Scott and I don't make the show for he and I to listen to. This is seriously for you. It's absurd if we were to sit in there and listen to it like naked in our bathroom touching ourselves. This is literally truthfully for you. Yeah. <laughs> so truthfully yes thank you for everything please subscribe it's a free show tell your friends share pimp it out whore it out whatever but in the meantime thank you thank you scott and go forth conquer kick ass be relentless adios everyone <laughs>